Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. And Joe at RT.ie, 51551 is our text number, and as you heard, 0818 715 uh, 815 is uh, the general uh, number. As we mentioned yesterday uh, on the programme, detail, you would have seen it, it was on everywhere, all the news bulletins, all the radio programmes, all the newspapers today, details of the... Uh, National St. Patrick's Day Parade and St. Patrick's Day Festival, um, which is obviously happening in the week of uh, St. Patrick's Day, St. Patrick's Day being on a Friday, uh, March the 17th. Um, and they say the um, the theme on our National Day of Cultural Celebration, St. Patrick's Festival, invites those across the world to come together on the 17th of March to collectively celebrate, share, laugh, perform, participate, and remember that Marakelishin, we are one. Embracing that unifying and inspirational team of one. The National St. Patrick's Day Parade 2023 will shine a light on all the goodness that surrounds us. The team acts a reminder that we act with dignity and respect as one. We can protect each other and our wonderful world. Ireland is known for its enduring traditions, culture and heritage, but our stories are also part of a unifying global culture, one which bonds us through music, storytelling, sport, nature and tradition, one which traverses borders and reminds us of our shared responsibility for the united care of our planet, protecting it for um, our future generations. That's some mission statement, and which no one, no one in their right mind could disagree with, could they? Now, they what came up yesterday was the number of grandstands, seating options available. And obviously people were thinking of older people or there is a wheelchair accessible stand along the route that's separate. But there are 17 stands along the route from Parnell Square in the north side of Dublin to St. Patrick's Cathedral on the south side. Now, yesterday when the website uh, was advertised, people were surprised to see that 16 out of the 17 stands were already sold out. Um, obviously, people got in early. Now, the prices range from 100 quid minimum to, uh, is it 350 at the, uh, 250 sorry, at the GPO, plus a booking fee in each case, plus you're asked for a donation. And there, there are basically 50 seats remaining out of the uh, 17 grandstands there opposite the GPO. And they're uh, 250 ahead, and people saying, annual reduction for OAPs, no, annual reduction for children, no. Um, and Lisa Bracken here. That Lisa, good afternoon. What? Do, what? Do, well, people like standing at the parade. Why would you want to sit at the parade for two hundred and fifty quid? Thank you, Joe. Um, Joe, I, I think the whole thing is absolutely appalling. Um, this business of the team being, you know, we are one and unification. But sure, they're segregating people immediately with that price. Well, we are not one because I can't afford that, you know. You're one if you're the one. If you're the one who has 250 quid ahead, plus booking fee, plus donation, you're the one. Well, well, do you not want stands at all, at all? No, I I won't attend it. Um, I did when the kids were small. But um, I have to say, Joe, even if I won the lotto in the meantime, there's absolutely no way I'd hand that money over. Uh, for a ticket to, to the parade. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, the, turning the parade into a money-making racket, that's horrible. That, that's just not nice. I'd love to know how 
so many were sold out before they were even released. So again, we're not one. Well, we put these questions. We put these questions to the the organisers. Um, they were on everywhere this, yesterday, rightly so. But we can't seem to get them on today. But anyway, we will uh, look for an answer. Where you you want to know is uh, when were the other sixteen stands put up for sale? Now, maybe I didn't look up the website last week. Did you? Maybe the, maybe the website was open before the launch. I which often happens, which often happens. Nothing, but when you, um, but Lisa, when when uh, I suspect your voice, you're much younger than I am. But it's only it's only recently that they put up grandstands. They always had a viewing stand for Eamon de Valera in my day, but they never um they never had grandstands where you where you paid in. Is it is yeah, it the yeah. payment you object to, or the fact that there is grandstands, or they're so expensive? I think that, you know, grandstands, if they raffled tickets off for the likes of a good charity, you know, maybe Oscars Kids Club or Laura Lynn, very deserving charities, um, terminally ill children, all of that, raffled them off. And, you know, um, then I might, I definitely wouldn't pay two hundred and fifty euro, but I'd certainly give a, a, a good donation if it was for something like that. But I'd love to know, like, where's all that money going to? What is, what's it for? Who's getting the money. Well, I presume it's expensive for on a parade. Now, I know sure. a lot of the, the, festive, the festival activities up in Collins Barracks, which is the main location there near Euston Station, um, a lot of the activities are pay-in, obviously. But remember, we were the only capital city in the world on New Year's Eve to have a, a, an event that you had to pay into, a public event. The fireworks couldn't be seen unless you paid in to see Westlife. And they made yeah. they made every effort to make sure the fireworks could not be seen unless you paid in. But we were the only city in the world that had a pay in New Year's Eve uh, celebration, and and there wasn't there wasn't a ruffle. But it feels now, Joe, like they're privatizing, you know, events. What I mean, what happened to all this business of looking after the um, frontline workers when the parade kicked off again? Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Them. What are you saying? Maybe a hundred tickets for. For a lottery for frontline frontline workers, yeah, or, or for children, you know, vulnerable children or terminally ill children, give them a chance to sit and look at the parade. Children who are stuck in hospital all year, or remember, in well, hospital. Now remember the RTE coverage uh, with Blahnet and Desi is second to none. It is absolutely fantastic. And um, by the way, the principal funders of the parade, you're right. It is. It seems to be well funded if you go through there. Uh, the government of Ireland, that's you. Fall to yeah. Ireland, that's you. Dublin City Council, that's you. Um, RTE, that's you. If you pay your, your li- TV licence fee, that's you. Uh, Dublin Airport, that's mostly you. The Museum, National Museum of Ireland, that's you. Uh, Irish Ferries, that's not you. Waterways Ireland, that is you. Um, and the list goes on. There's a, a official partners, KN. I don't know, who who is KN? It's just a logo. Irish Independent, that's not you. FM 104, that's not you. Irish Central, which is in the magazine. Bulmers, the alcohol. Now you get people giving out about alcohol sponsors. Bulmers are the alcohol sponsors, so to speak. Um, so didn't even uh, think that was allowed anymore. Alcohol sponsors for an event for a children's parade. That seems ridiculous. It's for kids, isn't it, Joe? Well, not all of it. No, if you look at the, you look at the events up in the festival quarter. Um, on that begins obviously on Thursday the sixteenth, um, mm. and Friday the seventeenth. I think um, one of them. I think it's one of the days. Anyway, I'll, I'll go through the um, 
through the uh, different events. Um, but anyway, each day is different. But each day you pay in to Collins Barracks. Um, festival quarter nights, um, uh, fire, stunning lighting display, 6 p.m. daily, strictly over 18s, uh, food village, bars, etc. Festival quarter days are very, you know, Disney cinema and all that carry on. Um, and they're trying to cater for everybody, aren't they? No. No one they put price tags on, Joe. I, I'm one of ten kids. And St. Patrick's Day Parade was, if you were lucky, you got your lump of shamrock and a green ribbon in your hair. And mm. we all got the bus in and we stood usually on top of each other to try and see. And it was a lovely day out. It was great. Great crack. And even if it was bitter cold, we went anyway. Um, and, and it was enjoyable family day out. And now it, it, that innocence is gone from it. There was no price tag. There was no barrier to pay in anywhere and nothing like that. And I think it should have been left that way. But I'd love to know where all this money is going. If the public purse is paying for it, is it going back to us? Or where's the money going? Yeah, but, for, going the, yeah, but for the vast majority of people, Lisa, at the parade, up to half a million, it's free. Yeah, and it, it is free, like the stand, like the stand there, and I want you to bring your, your umbrella or whatever. But it is free for the vast the, majority of people. But they, see, they're creating a two-tier society, even at a parade, Joe. Do you know, most normal people, okay, we'll say okay. a family of four, wouldn't have a thousand euro to spend on tickets. Do you know? Okay, okay, but I but I take a point about accessibility, and maybe frontline workers should have been given a hundred tickets, and maybe old age pensioners should should be um, given. They they say they have special facilities for wheelchair accessible, but they are limited, and you have to apply. I'd love to know has anyone applied, and how they get on. Richie O'Reilly, Joe at RT.ie five one double five one is the text number. Richie, good afternoon. Hello, Joe. How are you? Would you pay two hundred and fifty euro to sit beside whoever you sit beside who's also paid two hundred and fifty euro? I'm a pensioner, Joe. Okay. I mean, I never, I never pay on like that to go to a parade. I used to get the twenty-three or the fifty bus in for years and upon years, packed, hopefully get it from Drimna in, and and try and have a look at the parade and enjoy yourself and get back out. But uh, why? Why is everything in Dublin a charge on it? I had relations over in Edinburgh for Christmas, for New Year. Okay. And all transport was free for a week. Wow. All transport. Just to move new, people around. And was the New Year's Eve events in Edinburgh free? Some they of them are, were. Yeah, some the, of them fire, the fireworks but, are free, but aren't they? The, the transport in and out, 24 hours a day, was all free. Here, they put the, increased the prices up. They put everything up in price. You know, and uh, as that lady said, rightly so, and I was going to say it, the frontline workers who we we applauded and lit candles for and and said how good they were, you know, and how great Mm -hmm. they were during the COVID, they were marvellous people, particularly the ones in the ICU. They're the people that should be uh, getting made a bit special on on a Patrick's Day. Well, they say in the the grandstands you have... uh, You've bit of comfort, obviously. You have a seat. You're protected from the rain, which it invariably, it invariably does rain, doesn't it? And I'd say, oh yeah, say. but two hundred and fifty, Joe. Yeah, but they you aren't. Know, 
But I know, I, but, but, yeah, but there are 17 stands now, as I say. Um, they're not all, they start, the tickets start if you want to sit up in Parnell Square. Richie. And as well as that, Joe, these okay. stands are going to take up space, most likely, that well, people no, will be standing. But obviously, they're the, watching the, the parade from. Yeah, but they're, yeah, but they're the best locations, obviously, Richie. They're not going to have a stand facing the other way. I know, but if you're, you're going to the same uh, parade every year, and you're getting into a certain area that you know is good, you may not be able to go now because if you stand there, okay. if you haven't got to 250 to pay. Now, the parade will be outstanding, but will you be outstanding? And would you, would you stand for I the will. three hours? Oh, well, I wouldn't stand for I wouldn't be able to stand for three hours now. I did at one yeah. time, but not now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, because I'm no longer, uh, uh, I'm what you could call at the moment, a recycled teenager, you know. I'm no longer uh, <laughs> able to run up. Run after buses or, or, or run or let it go and get the next one. You know, that stage, Joe. You know, and that's all the people I pal with and I wish they're the same. But they were saying they couldn't afford to pay in by that 250 euro in to see a parade. You know, it's, it's really, it's money grabbing and, and boy, boy. Is is everything to do with money these days in Ireland? When well, the country this, is supposed to be a well, well, Yeah, well, let me let me let me try and explain it to you. Then, so this is how they're selling the. T- they're called the grandstand on O'Connell Street is called the Emerald Circle, Richie. Yeah, wanna, okay. Uh, yeah, that's a right no, name. No, 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 no. This country is one big circle. I can tell you that. <laughs> Sorry, a walk- golden circle. Oh, good luck! I walked into that for the first <laughs> time ever. This is the blurb. For the first time ever, the public can now purchase grandstand tickets on O'Connell Street. Dublin's main thoroughfare and the ceremonial centre of the parade route. The grandstand, located just outside the historic GPO, offers unparalleled views right at the heart of all the action on the parade route. Wait for this, Richie. These seats offer the best view of the parade to see the arrival and welcoming ceremony of President Michael D. Higgins and his wife, Sabina, as well as our international guest of honour to be confirmed and other distinguished guests as they take their seats to watch the parade. (laughs) Please note that seat numbers are very limited for this magical experience. Would you pay 250 to watch people take their seat? Other people I would not. And and regarding the President (laughs) of Ireland, uh, Michael D., uh, he comes over to Tallis Stadium and he'll have his football matches on and he'll be sitting at times in front of me or behind me or beside me. You and know, you're, and you're not he, paying... He, just you're come, not, he doesn't... No, I pay me tenner in from the uh, OAP yeah. price and that's it. And he comes not in the official capacity. He just comes over as a... And he's often seen Uktaran the Heron's often seen in Daily Mount as well. No no VIP d- demanded no no money asked to sit beside sit beside him. Kevin O'Rourke, Kevin. Yes, Joe, how are you doing? When did you hear of this? I, do, do you remember when, do you remember seventeen grandstands? Pay no. paying grandstands at the parade. No, I was just telling Brenda in, in my 60 illustrious years of this world that I've, I've never heard tell of having to pay to watch the parade in O'Connor Street. But I, I'm just, I'm curious about, you, you've mentioned it yesterday and you mentioned today this donation. Now, I know it's only voluntary, okay. when, yeah, but when, I'm wondering if where's it, where does it go? Like, I mean, it's a huge amount of money to pay for a family to go in and sit down and watch the, 
parade. I totally object to it. I do. And there are loads of towns and villages all over the country Mm -hmm. will have the parades for free and families will have a lovely day out watching the parade for free. I don't understand why this charge has to be brought in. And I mean, I'm sure the people sitting right underneath the GPO, lovely people, won't have to pay a penny to see it. But the people sitting the other side of the street will have to pay their thousand euro. Well, they'll be standing and you're not allowed. You can't can't bring your your fold-up chair, can you? Well, well, I just... You can't, but you won't. I mean, you won't ago, see a course, thing. Years ago, yeah, but all, if you bring a fold-up chair, all you see is the arse of the person in front of you. You won't, you won't <laughs> see that. You won't well, see the parade. Uh, no, I know that. But, 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 but my, my point is that to have to spend a thousand euro yeah. to go and see the parade plus booking, plus booking fee plus, plus booking plus a voluntary donation, plus a donation where I don't know yeah. where's it going this donation I don't know I, I think it's a disgrace why won't I someone come on it's the, 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 the St. Patrick's Day parade of centres in a long hang on let me, let me finish let me yeah, f- sorry, Kevin sorry sorry, I don't, sorry that sounded rude I didn't mean to be rude Kevin no but please, please say your girl like, we, we asked them to come on to St. Patrick's Festival. They were on everywhere yesterday with their, how brilliant it was all going to be. People raised a legitimate question and they, they sent us in a long, long statement, which is, uh, I'm, I, when I get a break, if I eventually get a break, I'll try and uh, go, go through it and read it. But I'm not going to read out a statement I haven't even seen at length. We asked them to put on a spokesperson. It is publicly funded. Give us a break. Kevin, um, well, that's their, that's their choice, by the way. They're allowed to do that. Okay. Now, the other thing they will say, Kevin, is like you can, you can stand for free. Yeah, but I, I was just making the point to Brenda as well. I mean, we're, we're in a cost of living crisis. St. Bridget's Day is a, is a bank holiday, and that's coming up. And right on the heels of that is St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. There's two expensive days for, for families all over the country. So what are you doing? And are you doing... What's on on St. Bridget's Day? There's nothing on, I don't know. And I don't know. I presume people would just go out and enjoy the bank holidays and normally do. Maybe go for a drink, maybe go to the zoo. I don't know what they do. But the other side of the coin <laughs> is that the government are busy giving out 200 handouts for to pay your ESB bill. And we're expected to give this 200 now to the St. Patrick's Day Parade for the honour and glory of standing in the middle of O'Connor Street to watch the parade go by. It's our national street, it's our national city, it's our national parade, it should be free. It's very simple. And most of the, all of the parades in our local communities, if, it, it, rather than spend that type of money, go and support your own community. Go and support where you live. Go into your own local pubs, your own local restaurants, watch your own local advertising in your own local streets, and don't be paying this exorbitant money to sit and watch Michael D on the other side of the street uh, and just say hello to him. I just think it's an absolute disgrace. I think it's too expensive. And in this day and age, when the cost of living crisis has overtaken all of us, I mean, I got my gas bill the other day. I live on my own. I was totally shocked by it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, but be that as it may, I'm also glad I'm getting the 200 ESB money. But yeah. now I have mm. to give the 200 ESB money to St. Patrick no, to go and don't. see him walk down our country. <laughs> I, I, I just think it's crazy. That's only, you don't. You, you only pay two fifty if you want to be a member of the Emerald Circle or the Golden Circle. Well, I don't want to be a member of anybody's circle. Kevin just wants to go and see a parade. Well, you can. I'll, I'll, yeah, I will. I'll stay in well, the bring, old city. I don't, I don't know whether you, you need enough. You, know, you know, you know yourself to properly see the parade. There's so many people at it, and it's a big day. You need, you need to bring in a, a milk crate or a little stepladder or whatever or climb up on someone's on Daniel O'Connell's statue because it is it is hard to see it is hard to see but it is a crack as well and 
the parade has changed in the last 10 years into a more creative Well, I don't know, display. Joe. Do you remember having to pay 250 no, euro? Am never, I, am no, never. No, no. No, you're not. You're not. But I, as I say, remember, uh, Dublin was the only capital city in the world where you had to pay in to the New Year's Eve festivities, the fireworks, the countdown or whatever. The only <laughs> capital city. And no one, no one was bothered about it. Mick Moriarty, Mick is in Blackpool in North Cork City. Mick, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Okay, now you you want to raise another issue, but I'll come back to the lads. Go ahead. Yes, I feel sorry for about the cost of St. Patrick's Day. <coughs> That's another thing. Do you no, pay, about, I, I, do you pay I, in the I parade in, in Cork City? No, down no, Patrick not a Street. chance. Not a, they, they pay us to go to see it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You want to raise the other change that's coming, okay. Oh, yeah, I see that's just what they call it, about trying to bring the VAT back up to uh, 13.5% in hairdressing. Well, they are bringing it, they are bringing it back up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I think we'll have to go back to 1987 when they tried to bring it up to 23%, and we had a protest. And I must say, Kevin Carr and Kieran Nevin and a few of the boys above organised a trip uh, to Dublin for us, and about 2,500 people protested. Uh, and we kept the VAT down to 13.5% at the time. Now, Joe, my problem it went about down, that... It went down to 9% during the, down, the pandemic to try and help. That's right. But we only came down because of the hospitality sector. That's the only reason that we came down. Okay. That, that is the only reason. They, they didn't give it to us because we were nice people in, in the hairdressing and barbering. Uh, but, but what I feel about uh, Joe is that they should, they should leave the 9% as it is, but they should get the threshold, get rid of the threshold, which is 37,500, because there are thousands of barbers and hairdressers around the country who do not pay VAT at all. How? How but, did it? Well, how did they get around that? Well, get rid of the 37,500. If you earn 37,499 in your turnover for the year, you pay no VAT. Okay. Now, do there is no one can run a business under 37500 if they're paying three or 400 a week rent. And they're implying one or two That's people part-time. There's no way that it can survive in the story. So who we're, is, 86, so we're, we're 86 years of business tomorrow, and, I can, okay, I, I, and I'm paying that since 1981. It came in 1980. And I, I know a few of the lads long ago in the business said to me, how come you're paying that? We and what, what, make, what difference will it make? If the V, not when, sorry, not if, but when the V, unless your campaign is successful, when the uh, when the VAT goes from nine and a half percent next month to thirteen and a half percent, what difference will it make to your prices? Well, it, it, it's for, it, my prices will remain the same. Okay, well then that's yes. what they want, isn't it? Yes, I my prices will remain the same, whether it go up or down. I'm, I put my prices up last year when we came back after COVID. From 14 up to uh, 16 euro. I had four walking chairs. I had to take one out. That put me down 35% of a drop in my business. Okay. I had, I had eight waiting chairs. I had to take away five because of the distance. Of course, so I could yeah. only have, yeah. And then we could only do two haircuts each in the hour 20 minutes, five minutes to clean the chair, and five mm. minutes for the staff to clean and get back on the floor. So that was down another 42 euro an hour. And like, I cannot press a button 
and get a thousand haircuts or a hundred haircuts like that in the story. It's I didn't know, just to explain to our listeners again, for hairdressers, the VAT is going up to 13.5%. Yes. I think it's the 4th of March because of the, well, the right. changes. Okay. Uh, but if, you, if your hairdressing salon uh, takes in less than 37,500, mm-hmm. you don't have to pay any VAT. But Mick, but Mick Moriarty is making the point, the Baldy Barber, as he calls himself, Blackpool and Cork. If your hairdressing salon takes in less than 37,500 per annum, you, you, you couldn't afford a hairdressing salon. Isn't that your point? Well, no. You couldn't afford to run it. They, they, couldn't, afford, they couldn't afford to run yeah, it. Yeah, that's so what I mean. Yeah. Pay, if after paying three or four hundred a week rent, and that would be both yeah, the And your overheads and your insurance and your. Great. Your heating. That's right. That's right. So, Mick, there was a a growth, pardon the pun, uh, during the uh, pandemic of barbers and hairdressers, hairdressers especially, visiting people in their homes, doing nixters, doing nixters. Is that that still happening? I saw saw a barbershop cutting hair and I made no bones about it and I made no official complaint to the Gardaí and I I wouldn't name the people. But they call it uh, they said, no, no, no. This no, but, I'm, but my point is, given given the VAT now going back up to 13.5%, given the cost of living, given the ESB bills, given the heating bills, given the light bills, given the hair drying bills, etc., etc., is it not better for a hairdresser, instead of you coming to him or her, for him or her to go to you? Yes. It's much cheaper and be paid, I don't know, you paid in cash, cash. or... Or cash. Or cash, okay. Yeah, well, I, I have cash, but I actually had to get a revolute. But I wouldn't get the bank card because I had no intention of making the banks richer. And I, I okay. would have, but of course, okay. was so a bank card. I thought, so okay. I'm not going to give 1100 a year for, for, for uh, 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 flashing the cards. Okay, so you're saying, but you're, you see, on the one hand, you're ringing saying, I, and we want to campaign against this increase in a few weeks. But on the other hand, you're saying well, you won't put up your prices. So it doesn't make a difference. How can well, you, I, I how can you take the, the hit? How can you take the hit? I, I, I just hope I get another three or four customers a day extra. And another thing, Joe, like, I mean, yeah. 22 years ago, 15 barbershops in Cork City. Okay. There are now 150. Are you serious? Yes, 150. There was a, a lad, a, a, three people in, in our visit, to be honest. And the, okay, just, yeah. the, the sooner as well we get a license for hairdressing. Because in 1987, I remember Kevin Kyle and Karen Nevin, the lads, saying that we should get a license for hairdressing and barbershops, and it was shot down at the time. But now it is time to get a license. You know, we know who What's is registered yeah, in our okay. business. Okay, stay, stay, stay there, Mick, and we'll talk about that little beep, beep, beep uh, for uh, after the break. Stay, the others, the St. Patrick's Day Crusaders, Warriors, <laughs> are staying with us as well. Uh, 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Two topics interweaving here so far at Liveline, and I suppose there's one common thread and that would be uh, money and the cost of living and everything that's involved. One is uh, people are asking, and they're entitled to ask about the, the 17 grandstands that now uh, will be along the route of the St. Patrick's Festival, uh, including uh, opposite the GPO. Obviously, they're, they're premium positions, but you will be paying. Well, most of them are sold out. 
they're gone. Uh, but the ones that are left at the GPO are 250 ahead plus booking fee plus a donation uh, if uh, you wish. And there's about 50 of them left at this stage. And you heard people saying, they think it's now turned into a two-tier parade. If you want to, well, you couldn't pay, no one could pay a thousand euro, could they, for two adults and two children to sit. And you can, they say, if you sit at the grandstand, you can see the other distinguished guests arriving. But who wants to see the back of the head of some uh, celebrity? And we don't have celebrities in Ireland. We have people who are well known, which is the great thing about the country. Michael Cullen, Michael, you, you want to bring in the, the, the Boston, one of the biggest parades in the world, the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Go ahead, yeah, I, I just think, I, I, I was listening to the show, Joe, and I just thought it was ironic that we're now charging 250 to uh, get a ticket to sit in the stand, whereas uh, we're, we're the home of the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And if you look at Boston or New York, you can watch it for free. And surely those parades are much bigger than they are here. Yeah, but they're not, the, the parades in New York and Boston, and I know Savannah is different, but the, the, those parades are just people who who are Irish and Irish connections, they just you're just walking along the, the Fifth Avenue, aren't you? Indeed, indeed. But but the the concept is the same. It's a parade. And I, another thing, because I'm basically I, I'm my insurance is background my background is insurance. Okay. If we put up these stands, surely there's a huge when you look at everybody and I was complaining about insurance, surely there's a huge insurance aspect to putting up stands to, put peop- to, to sit people to watch the parade. That's I just think point, it's, a, yeah. it's, a, it's a total waste of money. Because why, Michael? What, they're temporary structures, are they? It would cost yeah, more to... Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. It would cost more to um, ensure a, a temporary structure than it does a permanent one, I presume. Of course, of course. Wow, and I, mean, I this, never thought of this, that. I mean, uh, I mean if, if it's going to be a rainy day, how, how safe is it going to be for people... Walking up the, the steps of, 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 assuming you walk up steps to get to the higher seat. Okay, you're definitely you're definitely an insurance man, Michael. You're saying <laughs> if it's a rainy day, people might slip. Exactly. And um, what does what does a slip mean in Ireland? A slip means a claim. <laughs> oh, it's it's a day out in court. Yeah. And what do you well what what they say what what's what they say at the end of their long statement? The St Patrick's Festival is an independent. I didn't know this. An independent, not-for-profit organisation is everyone working for free with charity status. Proceeds from ticket sales are invested back into the arts and culture community in Ireland and into producing the festival's parade and programme every year. They're not for they're not they're a not-for-profit organisation with charity status. Now they've they've a long list of significant funders on them, but ob- but obviously it's it's not enough. Um, by the way, Michael. Give, would there be a, would there be a case? We know people can't get insurance for bouncing castles a lot of the time. Would there be a case where somebody might say, "There's no point in me putting up a grandstand. The insurance would be too expensive. I have yeah, to, I have to charge two fifty, two hundred and fifty." Yeah, that, 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 that was the thought that that was the thought that came to my mind immediately. I mean, with, with the cost of liability insurance as it is now in Ireland, I mean, who's who's carrying the risk? Okay, well then, and and well, that brings me back to to the point I was making. The Mick Moriarty, Mick, you're you're still there. The the barber, the barber in Cork complaining about the VAT increase in four weeks' time from the first of March. But Mick, why would anyone run a salon 
with insurance costs, as Michael, you've, you've got to have public liability, haven't you, in case oh, someone, yes. yeah, gas, electric, and you right. use a lot of electricity, obviously, with hair dryers and sterilizers yes. and all that carry on, um, and the rent and the rates and the money you have to pay to every other government quango on God's earth um, um, if they exist uh, in your area. Sure, sure. Why would anyone open a hairdressing salon if you can just ask all your mates, set up a WhatsApp group and I'd say I'll be in I'll be in whatever, give me the I'd, name I'd, for I'd, wrong. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be at home on, on Friday evening, 3 o'clock, call into me. Yeah. And you get 20 euro here. Okay, is someone pressing a button. Is someone, button. Is somebody got a, a handheld to their ear and it's knocking the buttons anyway? Let me, me. Okay, okay. Let, let, let me. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ev, Evelyn Courtney. Evelyn, good afternoon. Hello, Joe. How are you? Um, you're, it's the St. Patrick's Day parade. That's right. Yeah. Well, I was just saying to your researcher, I can't understand why people have to pay for these seats. Why aren't they given to people with a disability or in wheelchairs made space for them? Now, there is. You can apply. You can apply for a wheelchair accessible ticket. Can you? You can, yeah. yeah. No, I don't and do know. do they have to pay for them? I don't. Well, I hope not. I hope not. No, that I hope God, not, Joe. Better, and if they, no, if, I'm, I'm the, sure there's plenty of But I don't, know, I don't know how many there are available. There's nearly 2,000 available tickets for sale, but they've, they've all, bar 50, they're all gone. They're all sold. Yes, yeah. So you're, so, so, but I do, I do, I was reading there last night when I was looking this up that they, um, that they said they have, it was a bit unclear, but they have a wheelchair accessible um, stand, I presume it's a separate stand, so to speak, in O'Connor Street, but you apply um, and you put the, and there's a maximum of four, four tickets per per group. So I presume even if the four, if you had six pals who were all in wheelchairs, you can only get four tickets and then start applying separately. And they, yeah. do, they do point out in block capitals uh, uh, numbers are limited. Would you go, I don't know, are you in a wheelchair? No, I'm not, okay. Joe, thank I, God. I but just, I just think that they, they're never catered for with people with a disability. They never really allow for the oh, people not, with are a we, disability. Are we not getting much better at that in the country? At yeah, concerts yeah. and Like, I'm sure there's people that wouldn't... The parade is a lot longer, Joe, than it used to be. Oh, it's much longer, And there's a yeah. lot of people with a disability and that wouldn't a, be able to stand for long, you and know? There's, and there's more gaps in it than there ever used to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, and will you go in? Will you go to it this year? I won't, Joe. I'm getting older now, but I always went to parade. And as I said to your researcher, we'd go in with our bag full of sandwiches and yeah. coffee and a little drop of whiskey. And oh, my God. Yeah, we made a day of it and we and enjoyed what, it. What age were you when you were bringing in the whiskey? 12, 13, 14? <laughs> <laughs> ah, no. If, this well, let me, I don't even mess bringing my children in to see it. Yeah, but Evelyn, uh, but, no, then, no. but Evelyn, if 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 there was, if they said, okay, we've so many tickets in grandstands and 500 of them were going to put in a lottery, free lottery for uh, people who apply with their OAP number or whatever, would you would you try and get a seat? No, Joe. You I really it. think it should be given to people or young children with a disability. Okay. I really okay. do, Joe, you know. I know I there's... Mean, there's... There's plenty of children out there and I'm sure they would love to just sit somewhere and watch the parade. I you know, know what I mean? And, and older people. 
Okay. The, um, you know, have you so been give, have you been into the, have you been into the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Dublin? Since it's different around the country in Dublin, since it changed into you know the the puppets and the it moved from Acme Alarms and Massey Ferguson tractors and Johnson Mooney O'Brien yes, vans. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, have you been in since it changed into a much more creative scenario? Yes. 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 Uh, okay. What did you think of the new former parade then? I I, I love the parade. I think it's yeah. great, Joe. It's a great day. You out, know, yeah. but uh, don't spoil it. By okay. doing this thing, it's paying for seats. Okay. It's a joke, you know. Okay, okay. <laughs> Enjoy thanks. the parade. Thanks, Evelyn. Yeah. And, <laughs> okay, Joe. So lovely to hear ha- from you. Happy St. Patrick's Day and happy St. Bridget's Day. Is there anything on? Will someone tell us? Is there anything on for St. Bridget's Day? Will you let us know, and we'll help you advertise. It's only it's now all the. The, today, tomorrow is St. Bridget's Day, Lord That's of right, tomorrow, yeah. But the yeah. bank holiday is next, the first public bank holiday ever in Ireland. Very historic day uh, and in honour of a woman. Uh, that's next Monday. But if anyone is doing stuff on um, on Lord of Brida, the, the bank holiday, so to speak. Uh, I'm not please, sure, Joe. I'm, interested, I'm only interested in the bank holiday day or the weekend. Yeah, um, yeah. And let us know on 0818 5815. The live line is open now. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Just an update on uh, Tom Kennedy yesterday, the man who uh, wants to come on up holidays back to his home area of uh, Galway and Glenamady. Um, and he he's on he needs dialysis three times a week and he couldn't um, even when he offered to pay he couldn't get in anywhere um, because of the as the HSE pointed out we have never had more people on dialysis than we have um, today in Ireland and resources are limited and facilities are limited well as you heard yesterday in the program uh, Rachel Blackmore could be wrong now that's the jockey isn't it Rachel I'll get Rachel's second name in a second she phoned in from Bebron Medicine Devices and they have a clinic they have a number of clinics around the country but they've one in Galway and she is I'm told yesterday afternoon between herself and Tom um, Rachel tried to, uh, is moving is moving she said they have twilight sessions they're called on dialysis machines down in Galway and she's moving heaven and earth to um, make sure uh, everything is in place for Tom so we're 90% there so I really want to thank B. Braun uh, for that um, and last week we the other group that was set up last week was the Arfid group that's the uh, the the uh, not a, again the best description was it's not, ARFID isn't um, an, an eating disorder, it's a feeding disorder. And I know a lot of people were uh, mesmerised by this, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. And this began, as you know, with a phone call. A child would only eat uh, cars, multigrain, uh, crisp breads. And there's a shortage of them, but we sorted that out as well. But then, then, loads of other people phoned in. And by the end of last week, um, we had the, the callers had set up a group uh, and in Ireland. There hadn't been one previously to this, and it was before this, sorry. It's called arfordgroup at gmail.com if you want to contact them, arfordgroup at gmail.com. But we've been contacted by Jan, and it's about an eating disorder, and it's about uh, anorexia. Anne, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Well, um, what's your situation? Um, so I wrote um, an email to you a while ago, mm. um, and I suppose I 
wanted to share with you what it is like to live with a young person, a young adolescent with an anything disorder and um, to raise, I suppose, a red flag to the lack of services and supports that exist in this country, both for the parents and for the young adolescents of this disease. Okay. Um, and I suppose our story began last August when my daughter was diagnosed with anorexia. Um, and I suppose it, it just tore our world thunder. Mm. Um, you know, a, a disease you're told with one of the highest mortality rates. Um, and I suppose we made the decision that we would try and kind of get our daughter better at home and yeah, try yeah. and repeat her. So I suppose... We were referred to through the public system to CAMS, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I suppose my um, expectation of CAMS, I suppose, with the disease that I would be met with a, a team of experts, a team that would consist of a, a GP, dietitians, yeah. counsellors that would meet us as the family where we were at in our life with this serious disease. And I suppose, unfortunately, that is not what we were met with. Um, mm. And it has just been a very long and a very difficult road. Um, I suppose we felt, I suppose you feel that once you're inside the system, that mm. you'd be embraced, um, the, de- the disease would be explained to you, that you'd be sat down as a family and yeah. you'd be told, this is what is going to happen, A, B, C and D, and at each stage expect this and... But unfortunately, you know, um, there was no GP within the CAM system. Um, There was a lovely nurse there who took weigh-ins. But as regards, um, I quickly had to learn, you know, know, very fast that I suppose I needed a dietician to help me out, but... Unfortunately, there is no, where I live anyhow, there is no dietitian there within the service. And then, you know, again, trying to find a private dietitian that would Mm. work with me. And then you quickly realise how serious the disease is, that when it's not as simple as sit down and feed food into your daughter, that so many, you know, things happen um, with the body and electrolytes and all Mm. of a sudden I need to get my own GP back on board. And, you know, I, I suppose... As a family, it's the whole family that are have been affected. Um, you know, you struggle through this hours sitting around the kitchen table with your, with my daughter, trying to, you know, to encourage her to try and help her get back. And yet, within the team of experts that I thought I was going to meet, there were no experts in the area. There was no, I suppose, nobody to guide to guide us as a family or to help the family deal with the trauma of an eating disorder, an eating disorder that affects the whole family, you yeah, know. Do you want to give people a little more insight on how, how anorexia affects the whole family, Anne? Um, I suppose it's, you know... It, the, the daughter that I had is no longer, you know, is you know, it just, I suppose, living on a day-to-day, ba- daily basis with somebody with an eating disorder is very difficult. You know, you go through various stages, the initial stages of um, refeeding and sitting for hours at a table. While you're doing that, there's other members of the family having to 
you know, they can't figure out what is going on. They see the extreme panic attacks, the anxiety that exists um, in a house. Nobody, um, you know, nobody can call to your house unannounced. Everything is timetabled. There's a routine. Um, You know, it it literally, how would I say, is consumes every part of your life, you know, as Mm. a family. You know, there's, everything has to be taught, well planned. Um, And I suppose as a mother in the house, um, and as in a lot of houses, it is the mother, you know, that maybe is doing the cooking and feeding. And for for our life, um, I had to take leave from my job um, in order, you know, you want, I suppose, when you are diagnosed with any disease, you want your your child to have the best opportunity of beating this disease. You know, um, you want to see and to meet a team of professionals that know about the best practices, and you know, you know, and, and that are going to sit down with you and come up with a plan. That there's going to be team meetings. You know, instead, like, you know, there are mm. families. You know, like me, as I wrote that email to you, sitting around their kitchen table in this complete and utter despair, um, you know, how are we going to get through every day? You know, how are we going to get through these panic attacks, the anxiety attacks, you know? And there is literally nobody to turn to. You know, there is is nobody. There is no... What did you get from CAMS? What services... Um, the support service that we got was um, weigh-ins, weekly weigh-ins from a lovely from a lovely nurse, and 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 she was, you know, she met us weekly. Then later on, we were offered um, a psychologist, um, and I suppose it's like every treatment. Um, some treatments work, some treatments um, don't work, and I suppose you know it didn't work with you know, with the psychologist. But then you're told, well, you know, that's it. There's no alternative, you know. There's, mm. you know, there's, there's no uh, there's no other option. And and I find it incredible, yet this is a disease with a really high mortality yeah. rate. And if, I, if my daughter was diagnosed with a cancer, and, like, mm-hmm. we have dealt with, with cancer in our family, there is a plan. There's a plan A, there's a plan B. Yeah. You know, there are services for the family to uh, to uh, to avail of. You know, and I suppose this is it. I suppose it's the extreme loneliness and the the lack of services that exists out there for people. And you know, it, it shouldn't be like this. Okay, you just know, it's, just, just to, I, I, people totally and completely empathise with you, but I'm just looking at the. Uh, Statement from the HSE. Um, two, this reads like good news. Two senior dietitian posts have been approved for the Midwest CAMS, that's the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Service, for the Midwest CAMS service. However, wait for this. Intensive recruitment campaigns have failed to fulfil these posts. This has included advertisements in Ireland, advertisements in the United Kingdom, an extension of the recruitment campaign. Targeting training institutions include, including Dublin City University and the University of Limerick. To date, to date, and there have been no applicants. Don't talk about the, 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 the not, not, not about no appointments or no unsuitable. To date, there has not been one single applicant 
for the senior dietitian post, despite advertising in Ireland, the UK, and obviously online, yeah. despite targeting training institutions, and there are there's the University of Ulster, Trinity Stroke uh, Technological University. I think they run the joint course, and then there's masters courses. If you have a basic degree, I think in the University of Limerick and DCU. To date, there have been no applicants. What is wrong? Is have we no di- have we no dietitians, or is this is the conditions that tough? Is the salary that weak? Now they yeah, say I, as an interim measure, we have clinic we're clinically indicated, and based on individual needs, you can be referred to a private dietetic services. Uh, for all eating disorders, um, but there but is not a single, you know, not a single, two posts funded, and not a single, and advertised extensively, mm-hmm. um, and not a single, not a single applicant. And what I find so hard is in listening to that statement is that you cannot treat an eating disorder without yeah. a dietitian. Yeah. Yeah. And if, you know, you're sending people like me to privately go and do it, yeah. you know, there's no joint up thinking. There's no, there's no sharing of information. There is no team. Everything is all disjointed. And I, I, it, it doesn't work, you know. Um, so for me, I was paying because I, I had the means to mm-hmm. pay for a private dietitian and we did that. And then, you know, it becomes like when you can afford it, you know, so we'll do it, we'll do it when we have it or when we meet a block and I need to get in touch. So a lot of it was, you know, me um, trying to coordinate the dietitian, then, you know, and then, you know, um, we have a lovely GP um, who is, you know, I could ring and say, look, I I need some help here. I don't know Mm -hmm. what to do. And, and, And she was very much on board in helping us. But there, it's it, it's not holistic. It's not meeting. It's the system that exists does not meet the family where they are at, and it didn't meet my daughter where she was at. If you know what I mean, um, and you know you cannot, you you just need a team of experts to help. Um, to help to get rid of this disease, and and it is so lacking in the system. Mm-hmm. And I suppose what what made me, I suppose, email in with this um, is that I had the wherewith and the, maybe the means to do some of this, and yeah. I still found this so so difficult, and still am finding it so difficult. You know, and there there are other families out there that maybe don't have the wherewith to to know a friend who can point them in the direction, to know a professional who will point them in another direction. Like, it's a really dark, um, it's a really dark place um, to be as a family. And, it, it's, it, it, you know, you're not just dealing, you're dealing with the eating disorder, but you're also dealing with the effects of an eating disorder on the other family members as well. And... Um, and and I, what we discovered last week as well, now it's a diff- completely different, completely different uh, condition, ARFID and anorexia, just to make that clear to people. But what we discovered last week and that people got great solace and comfort and knowledge from other families. Is there is there a group when you... When you um, no, I, I, I've looked for groups and like I have 
um, I have some great colleagues and great friends yeah, and I yeah. have met with and I have when I have been at my lowest you know, I have met people who have made yeah, full recovery yeah. from anorexia, and Great, they have lot, there is, pointed yes, me. Yes. You know, they have you know given me the 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 energy to keep on going and to keep on going with this. You know, and mm-hmm. it is on a daily basis extremely difficult. Um, but there there is no there is no support for for um, family, and there is you know there's no one to pick up the phone to and a support group. Um, like on a national, on a global level, there are you know I there's a there is a, a Facebook page um, okay. where I where I was in touch with people um, and, and and they gave me a comfort. There was always somebody online if I was having a difficulty. What did you? What will I try with this? Or how did you get through this? Mm-hmm. But again, this disease is so complex, yeah. and you know. As I said, I, you know, I, I didn't know, like, the different stages. There are different stages with this disease. And as a family, the family and the parents need to be educated. Uh, you know, I, we love our daughter. We want the best for our daughter. We want you to get better, you know, and we want... We want a team of experts, you know, yeah. you know, to sit down with us and explain to us, well, this is what's going to happen. This is, you know, yeah, but, yeah. But, that, but that is not existing. That doesn't exist. And like, you know, these are like you, it's a disease. You want, you, I, do, I want my daughter to be rid of the of disease course, and to yeah. live her life to the fullest. And you know you've got you want you have a chance to get this right, and we want to get it right mm-hmm. the first time, and for her not to have to carry this, you know. And as I said, it's just so but there's, but there's so seems, difficult. There seems. First of all, I'm asking any any dietitian. Can you tell us if you know why when two senior dietitian posts have been uh, approved and advertised nationally and internationally, the HSE did not get one single one loan. One individual uh, application, application, but they do. Is there a general problem here? They say since two sixteen, uh, what now? Eight years ago, eight million euros been made available for eating disorder posts, and um, but this has result. In this this has resulted in the setting up of four consultant-led multidisciplinary teams for eating disorders. There, Cork, Kerry. Community Healthcare Dublin South, Kildare and West Wicklow, that's, that's number two. Community Healthcare East Adult, Community Healthcare Organisation Dublin North. Two eating disorder teams in Community Healthcare West and Cork Kerry Community Care are at an advanced stage of recruitment, so they're not set up. And in, in addition, recruitment of three further teams has begun, South East, so begun recruitment, South East... Um, uh, community Healthcare Organisation Area One, Community Healthcare Organisation Dublin North City. So they say since two sixteen, which is as you say, is, as I say, seven years ago, eight million allocated. They, they they decided then to set up nine specialist teams. That's eight years ago, and only four of them are in place. Less than half of them. It's incredible, but and and this disease. Is not going anywhere. I mean, this disease, the numbers that are, you know, since COVID pandemic, you know, there's, yeah. there, it's a disease that is, it, it's, it is everywhere. Um, and okay. our young, our young adolescents, our teenagers, they deserve, you know, as does mm-hmm. everybody with a disease, deserve the best practices, the best teams. Okay. Parents don't need Absolutely. to be I'm in just, the dark. Uh, 
Just trying yeah. to think of Anne, have you been in touch with Body Wise? Have you been in touch with them? I've been in touch yeah. with yeah, Body Wise, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you um, know about them. Yeah. 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 Okay, okay. I have. You're yeah. on a tough, tough journey, your family, Anne, and I'm thinking of your daughter and we've we've had many people on this programme who've come through anorexia. Many, mm-hmm. many. Um, and when you're going through hell, you just have to keep going. I know it's extraordinary. You have to. It's, just, it's, it's, uh, yeah. it's hard. It's, and it, it's hard, you know, it's hard when the supports are not in place yeah. and the services are not in place and best practice isn't in place. And, um, you know, there's no, you know, supports for the victims themselves of this disease, yeah. you know. Um, it's extremely difficult, and it's a it's a very long, lonely journey for for yeah. families that are out there. And I just really want to raise awareness yeah, because there's so many of us, you know, that are sitting around your kitchen table trying to do this, dealing with um, dealing with um, eating disorders of many types, and expecting that are are expecting the help. And it's not to be there. You think that once you get through the door of CAM, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, you're going to be met by a team of experts. But sadly, in my case, it's, it's not the case. Okay. You know? Okay. You know? Okay. And kind regards to you and your family. Thank you, and, Joe. Uh, onwards. Thanks indeed. Thank uh, you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Joe at RTE.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. I was trying to run through the, um, the, the, some of the provincial papers there during the break to see what is on on St. Bridget's Day weekend. I was looking at the Wexford people. Now, maybe I'm looking at the... Well, maybe it is the most up-to-date. I can't find anything. Is there anything on this weekend? Is, any, is it the... I know people say, well, we're going to take a day in bed or... But it's a difficult time of year, weather-wise. I don't know what the weather forecast is. We, we'll find out in a sec. But um, is, is there stuff on this weekend that the public can go to? Now, don't give us the usual, the zoo and the uh, the various gardens and, and uh, museums. I presume, by the way, no museum is open on Monday because it's uh, Bank Holiday, which is bizarre, that all our national museums close on Bank Holidays, but my memory is that they do. Anyway, if there is anything on on St. Bridget's Day weekend, uh, let us know. Uh, uh, Antonia Cash. Antonia. Hi, Joe. How are you? What's the problem? I tell you, I'm looking for a St. Bridget's Cross and one can't be got, can't be got anywhere. I was just wondering if you could help me out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> St. Bridget's Day Cross, the beautiful, yeah. it used to be the logo of RTE yeah. and uh, handmade. Um, and where, where, where have you looked? I have looked in a few of the churches in Ballyferma. I have checked my daughter goes to St. Dominic's. I have rang Sister Liz and she says, no, they haven't got them available. I was in Thomas Street. I went into the church in Thomas Street and they haven't got any. I was just saying, maybe you could get me one. <laughs> and what, why, why do you want one? Oh, I just like them, Joe. I just try to get one every year just to keep in the house, just protect us. I just like all that stuff. I'm and what is, what, is this, what is it mean? This, what is the symbolism of it? You say it's protecting a house, is it? Protecting a house from fires and from bad evil spirits and stuff. I just believe in all that and I just like to really get one. I just can't get one. I'm hearing you saying, what's going on? You can't even get a cross. Never mind what's going on. So people are cross over St. Bridges. Yeah. They, can't, they can't get yeah. a cross. Exactly, yeah. And would you, would you always have one... Yeah, 
Now, my son made one last year in school, but oh, I don't yeah. know what happened to it, so I'm just looking to get a new one, and it just can't be got. And where do you hang the cross? Over my front door in the hall. It gives blessings, apparently, and protection. Yes. Apparently, they were very popular in farm houses. Yeah. And there are many regional sites, no, there's many regional sites and variations throughout Ireland, depending on, on yes. material, depending on where you live. Yeah, but I just think it's very funny that I can't get one at all. <laughs> and what are you doing on the bank holiday? Um, on the bank holiday, we are going to go down to, you know, the Phoenix Park does um, St. Bridget's Well. We go in there and we just walk around and just take it easy for the day. There's a St. Bridget's Well in the Phoenix Park? Yeah. I didn't know it's, that. Yeah, yeah, it's at the side gate. It's actually not really looked after or anything, but it's there now, so... And when you say which which around. side gate, the chapel, is it side gate or the... The Knockmaroon. Knockmaroon, yeah. okay. There's, I think it's that one, yeah. There's the St. Bridget's Well Yeah. in the Phoenix Park in Dublin. Yes. And is there water coming out of it? No, there's nothing. It's just... It's just... It's just a, all, yeah. And it's over... bad. It's just there, yeah. Yeah, and that's what you're going to do on St. Bridget's Day. Yeah, but well, okay. hopefully now you'll be able to get me across. I'd be most appreciated. <laughs> okay, well, so we'll hang on for a few minutes to see what... This is it. Yeah, Ireland's holy well. Okay, well done. Um, the, the, this is called St. Bridget's Well or Baker's Well. It's in, the, right. it's in the townland, it was posh, it's in the townland of Castlenock, but however, yeah. however, the well is located on the banks of a stream, not far from the Knockmaroon Gate in the That's Phoenix right. Park up there near the Angler's Rest and the Straw Hall, yeah. as it's called by all the trendies up there, and they love, they love it, and it's known locally as St. Bridget's Well, as there mm-hmm. are recent signs of veneration in the offerings. Yeah. It, it, is a po- it is approached by three granite steps and the year 1894 yeah. is inscribed over the stone. That's right. And this comes from a book I came across by Gary Brannigan, 2012, that's only 11 years ago. Yeah. Ancient and Holy Wells of Ireland, the, the History Press of Ireland published that. Isn't that incredible? It's a, it is, it's amazing. It's lovely. How many Holy Wells are there in Ireland? Oh, no, I wouldn't know that now, Joe. <laughs> and you can submit a Holy Well record. Mm. Oh, there's loads in Killian's Well, yeah. Seddon as well, Lugan as well, Ladies Well, Ragwell, Bernard's Well, Tuber, Tuber, Tuber's Well, obviously, Tuber Bond, Tuber Downing, St. Bridget's Well, Tuber, that looks like Tuber Owen, but it's not Tuber Owen, St. Leonard's Well, St. Patrick's Well, St. Canoy as well, Tuber Nigalt, Tuber Losa, St. Brown as well, St. John's Well again, St. Patrick's Well, we know that in my, my Belogue. Um, Shankar Holy Well, Kilpatrick Holy Well there in, in Castletown looked after beautifully by all the locals, the local women in particular, the two Marys I'm thinking of who do a great job down there, St. Mary's Well and with the church, St. Mary's Well, St. Patrick's Well, St. Dowlock's Well, St. McCullough, I didn't know there's that many cents, St. McCullough's yeah. Well, St. Moulding's Well, St. Finian's Well, St. Mary's Well, uh, Carabla, St. Alkin's Well in Antrim, St. Dimpin's Well. The Well of the King of Sunday. Isn't that fantastic? Archangel, Archangel Michael's Well. Tuber McClough Well. Got the country. How, how is there any land in the country with yeah. so many wells? St. <laughs> Brown as well. St. Attract as well. St. Benin. St. Flannan. St. Dervilus. 
St. Mary's again, St. Hugh's, St. Brandon, St. Vincent, St. Francis, St. Patrick, St. Gula Do Well. Do you know where that is? Gula Do, no. No. Gula Do, Gula Don't. Um, loads of, hundreds of lazy lady, yeah. ladies. Well, Rena Vanny, Holywell, St. Abon, St. Barahan, Chinkwell, Chinkwell. Good Lord. St. Dulux, well, Grumley's well. This is a joke. Grumley's well. St. <laughs> Egan as well. No, it's not a joke. St. Sylvester's well. St. Augustine's well. St. Dominic's well. Uh, 15 more are ladies well. St. Coon's well. St. Fakin's well. St. Ruins well. Uh, St. Kieran's well. St. Columcle's well. St. Skira. Skira. S-C-I-R-E. Well. St. Kevin's well. Obviously, St. Patrick's well. Again, again, again. St. Dalton's well. St. Sorka's well. The list is... There must be... Hundreds. Thousands. Yeah. So, but you're going to the one the Phoenix Park that no one ever yeah. knew about. Exactly. But in the meantime, you are, uh, and you can put it, if someone could, if you could post the St. Bridges Day Cross today, yeah. it would get you, Antonio, wouldn't it? Where are you yeah. in, ba- in Ballyferm? In- yeah, in Ballyfame, up in Cherry Orchard. Okay, well, if I tell you, I guarantee one will be in the post to you today. Ah, Joe, thank Jeremy. you very much. God bless. Okay. Thank you very much. And God Have bless a great you. Evening. Enjoy, yeah, and we'll enjoy your, your St. Bridges Day weekend. Oh, we will. We will and indeed. Thank Peter, you. Peter's let us know. Okay, back after this break. Bye bye. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe. On 0818-715-815. And people have been on already. There, there's there's more Bridges Crosses going into post this afternoon to Antonia Cash. So she'll definitely get one be Friday. But again, let us know what you're doing. What is on? What is organised uh, for St. Bridget's Day? Uh, Siobhan, Siobhan Leonard, back to St. Patrick's Day and the 17 grandstands at uh, up to 250 a pop. No reduction for OAP, no reduction for children, etc., etc. Uh, frontline workers or whatever. Siobhan Lennon, you, you, you have a memory. Yes, I'd say, Joan, about 19, just at the point of um, interest, that yeah. I don't think this is the first time okay. people have been charged to sit at stands in, at the Patrick's Day Parade. They, did, um, they say, well, they do say that the Emerald Circle, that's the one in O'Connor Street, that is a first. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was on I was on Dane Street in okay. back in the mid the mid nineties. Okay. And How much? Way back then, fifty pounds a seat, which was ridiculous at the time. And it was, was huge money. And was it the same for adults and children? Same for adults, adults wow. and children, and no reduction. I had two kids and. I just bought myself. I just bought two seats and put one on my knee, or they shared the yeah. seat. And why? I just well, thought like, at the time. You, we, you've taught at the time, even at fifty pounds, it was outrageous. Yeah, yeah, but I was just—I was a situation. I was there with my by myself on the day with the kids. Okay. I just thought it was easier to take them to a seat than stand. Of course, with two and, kids. And on the day, Siobhan, did you buy it on the day? No, I bought it just a couple of days before. Okay. Um, thought advertised in the newspaper, I think. Well, you see, the, the, remember, the, the, yeah. the St. Patrick's Day Festival are telling us that the 17 out of the 18 grandstands were sold out last November. Wow. Oh, no, I, no, this was only a couple of days before, I'd have to say. Okay. And there's only about 45 seats left for the Emerald Circle. Oh, wow. Well. Well, two. Well, obviously, at, doesn't think it's too expensive then. Well, well, would you pay, to, would you have many of this yourself in your two, I don't know how many there are now, but would you pay 250 a ticket? 250 uh, euros. Absolutely not. But back then, I didn't think. I don't know why I paid fifty euros, fifty pounds. Because you wanted to get in. You wanted to get in out of the rain, and you were you were mitered with with kids. Yeah, 
Yeah, totally. So you I know, think now I would give enough to be doing. I wouldn't yeah. be paying that now. No, I don't think so. Okay, okay. And remember, there is. I want to encourage people. There's nothing better than going to a, a parade, be it your local community parade or your the national ones. But um, I want to encourage people to go to them. But also, there is fantastic coverage on RT television on, yep. on that day. They do brilliant coverage of all the parades on the six one. And then with Desi and Blahnet and whoever it is, I'll see who it is this year. Uh, I hope ah, it is. I hope it like is being there in person. I know, of course. And, like all, being there in person. And, the, yeah. and the main thing is to crack with the other people and the meeting people and going for a cup of coffee afterwards or whatever you're having yourself. Okay. So, how are you two children with you on the day? I had, yes, yeah. Yeah, so, um, now, so now they're in their mid, please God, in their mid to late 20s. Oh, well, yeah, and a, li- and a little bit, yeah. <laughs> They're in their early 30s. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, it, w- it was great. I got to say, it was a great, it was a great opportunity. Yeah. It was absolutely wonderful to be sitting down and not standing in the cold and being pushed and put around and stuff yeah, like that. Okay. So it was very enjoyable, I'd have And to have say. you gone into the parade since? Um, probably, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was the only time we ever sat at it, I'd okay. have to say. Okay. Okay. We weren't good to play that every year. Of but I don't think the stands were there every year. Yeah, no, I don't, well, I don't think they're there to the extent that they are this year, 17 of them. No. Okay, okay, Siobhan, good to meet them all, and kind regards to you and your grown-up family. Marion Harnett, St. Bridges Day Crosses. No, Do you make that? Are they hard to make? Oh, well, if you had... If you were all thumbs like me, they are, but there are a group of us making them, and some of the women are just fantastic. Wow. And no bother to And them. how long would it take them to put a Bridges Day cross together? I would say any of them. You see, we came together as a group only about three weeks ago. Okay. And we got in a lady who... who um, a retired school teacher, and she showed everybody how to make them. Brilliant. And some of them had them picked it up straight away and had them made with say, one every five minutes. And you, how much do they sell for? We are selling them for five euros. We're selling them for a friend of ours. Well done. Who Christmas Day, and she wanted to, uh. she wanted to do something for cancer, and. Uh, he finished his days in the hospice in Chile, so we decided, we came together as a group, his family and uh, his friends, and we're making the crosses. So far, we've raised 2,000 euros. Ah, oh, fantastic. And so that's uh, and what, that's, in, that's in memory of the late, great Jim O'Connor, who died on Christmas Day. Yes. And it's a fundraiser yes. for the wonderful... Hospice uh, in Tralee. What do you mean? You, you, you just get there from Russia's, aren't they? Or I don't know. I never knew there was such a difference in Russia's. Okay. I thought they were just <laughs> an invasive species. But they have to be a certain width, and you have to dry them. And I have to admit, if you saw the cut of the kitchen floor here... Oh, good luck. Oh, good luck. Okay, so we're going to get one of them to Antonia. Well done. Where can people buy the... The fundraiser, St. Bridget's Day Cross. Oh, they're for sale in the uh, Shop and Mill Sean on the main street in Abbeyfield. And that's Abbeyfield. like three o'clock. Well done, okay. Marion, is there Same anything on? Up. Is there anything on in Abbeyfield for the St. Bridget's Day weekend? Oh, we're having mass tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Yeah, but that's for a law fail of breeder. But I mean, for the, for the bank holiday, is there anything on? 
Yeah, it less than. Okay, it doesn't seem to be. Okay, go to Mila Mockout, Marion, does Marion Harner. Back tomorrow at 1.45. Nadine Maloney, producing Ray Darcy's next. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.